Today on the Business of Lifting Weights, we bring on one of the founders of Dynamis CrossFit in Southern California, Nicole Zapoli, to discuss her why for opening a gym, the transition away from coaching every single class, how they built a great community and a thriving membership base. What's going on, guys? This is Dave Thomas. And this is Brian Pritz. And we are back with episode 15 of The Business of Lifting Weights. And Except episode 16. All right, episode <laughs> 16. Um, and today we're super stoked because we have Nicole Zapoli with us. Um, Nicole was the co-founder of CrossFit Dynamis. I know she was heavily involved with CrossFit Gymnastics um, and still continues to coach in both of those arenas now, but she is joining us today. So say hi, Nicole. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're pumped to have her on the show. Um, she's going to talk a lot about kind of her experiences um, starting and running and growing a successful CrossFit gym here in Southern California in Carlsbad. Um, so, yeah, we're just really excited to have another person's perspective on it, what they might have done, kind of what Nicole saw to work for herself and maybe what she saw not to work and just continue to add um, – outside gym owners perspective on on what they've done so thanks for coming on today yeah thank you for having me um so I guess the first question we would have for you is you know everybody kind of goes through their own motivation and reasons for for starting a gym it's not an easy thing to do um, which I think the perception is that it's quite easy to do and run but it's very Absolutely. difficult mm -hmm. um so why don't you just talk a little bit about you know, you know, what made you want to open a gym? What made you confident it could do well? Um, and what were some of the just motivations for your doing all that? Um, well, it actually goes way back um, when I was a little girl. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I competed in gymnastics in both artistic and rhythmic growing up. And um, that was always a dream of mine. And um, on career day in third grade, I dressed up as a gymnastics coach and <laughs> told everybody I was going to own my own gym. <laughs> and, uh, and then when I was in middle school, I had the opportunity to train at the tra Olympic Training Center, and we had nutrition courses that we would go to there. That's and, crazy. Um, third grade? It was, this was in middle school. Oh. <laughs> this was, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and there were some girls that had eating disorders and that kind of thing. And, um, it was, you know, right in front of me every day. And that was what, um, really opened my eyes to yeah. life being bigger than competing, bigger than gymnastics. And it was then that I knew exactly what my purpose was mm -hmm. and what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, what I knew I was created to do so that's awesome and um so um then fast forward a few more years uh I ended up actually um well I had been coaching for a while and then I opened up a mobile gym company well mobile gym business mm -hmm. um just coaching and training and that kind of thing did you do that you did that here or you did that back in Texas? That was in Texas. Okay. Yeah. And, and what kind um, of training? Was it like gymnastics specific or was yeah, it? Yeah. So, well, actually it was, um, well, it was, I did some gymnastics. Um, it was cheerleading okay. and, uh, and then, um, a little bit of gymnastics and dance and then, uh, private 
in-home training. And how old were you when you started that first one? Uh, I was 20. 20. Wow. You got started really early. Yeah. Nicole knew what she wanted to do when she was in third grade. I, <laughs> I figured that out at 28. My mom figured it out at like 58. <laughs> um, nice. So you continue to grow like the mobile business and get more and more into coaching. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that was all I wanted to do. And just to simplify it, I, what I wanted to do was to help people sure. live healthier, happier lives. Um, as, you know, cheesy as that sounds. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, that's the root of why everybody does stuff like that. It's yeah. funny It's funny that you bring up the eating disorder stuff. Like, I was very naive to all of that. And only when we opened this place up, mm-hmm. like throughout the course of the years, um, you know, women telling us like this place really helped me get past all that and realize that it's much more about like what I can do physically versus, you know, the, the composition of my body. And I never realized how rampant that that ran, um, not only with women, by the way, um, also with men too, but obviously much more in the female population. And like to me, when we get, you know, emails from members about things that have helped them, like that's always, I think that stuff is, it's so important to me now where it wasn't before because I just didn't know that it exists. Um, And I think like coming from obviously being a woman yourself, that must have been just such more of a motivating factor like knowing kind of what goes on with it and and you know knowing how to help women and being able to help them focus on I guess what you would call the right things yeah and so I mean that kind of uh led to then eventually opening yeah so what made you kind of take the leap from okay I've done mobile coaching I've done you know gymnastics focus into fitness you know what made you take the leap once you were out in California to say like all right I'm ready to take on overhead of a facility and, you know, hiring staff and all the stuff that, you know, coming from a mobile business, which is exactly how I got started too, by the way, it's, you have your clients, but that's all you have to manage. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have a facility, it's like the clients are part of many things. (laughs) So what made you kind of take that leap um, and really, you know, believe in yourself that you could make that work? Um, Well, I I had two business partners. Um, One was had a background in graphic design oh, okay. and sorry yeah <laughs> and uh websites okay. and marketing That's and like all yeah. of that kind of stuff online and then our other business partner owns uh the fitness armory yeah i thought david right yeah, yeah. and um and so and he's very good w- with the whole math side of stuff, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> running uh, the books and keeping everything organized on that end. Yeah. So what were some of like, so that was, it was, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, please. Uh, as far as like my weaknesses, um, I don't know a whole lot about online marketing stuff. I mean, I've learned now yeah. over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as like running the back end is my least favorite thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and he loved, you know, he's really, really good with all of that. Very, um, very organized and on top of all the financials and making sure that we're staying within budget and, and everything. So, um, so that was good. And then that allowed me to be able to do, um, what, the fitness My, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All of the stuff. What does that, that remind you of? I'm very <laughs> passionate about. <laughs> Us. Us. <laughs> yeah. We, that's exactly how we got started and our yeah. roles have since blended, but yeah. um, he had all that knowledge um, of all the back end stuff, all the website and, and how to get your, 
you know, your name to pop up when people Google things, all that stuff that is extremely important that like, again, you don't really think of when Mm -hmm. you do it. So we actually did an episode that talked about how, how important partnerships are and kind of like filling the holes with what you're good at and what you're not good at. And Mm -hmm. then making sure that like when you partner with somebody, it's not just somebody who's also like, Oh, I want to open a gym too, but like somebody who compliments you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were lucky in that, you know, we, we're both good friends before we started, but we also had a, like, we didn't really know this when we started, but we, we found we had a very natural synergy with what one of us wasn't so good at. The other one could really help in. Yeah. Um, so why don't you talk to that just a bit more if you can on just like how important it was to have, you know, David there so that you could just focus on training and it's like you almost just don't even have to worry about it. Yeah. I mean, very, very important because, I mean, all of those little things that nobody sees takes up so much time. Um, And so, you know, time that I would be having to be pulled away Mm -hmm. from the gym itself and and growing our community. Yeah. Cause so. I mean, your focus is obviously like, you're the, I don't want to say like the face of the, the gym, but you know, since you are in the role of developing the fitness and, you know, initially when you open, you probably coached, I would, all if not classes. all the classes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what we did. Um, you know, you're wearing a bunch of different hats. You don't have, you, you physically like don't have time to be worrying about also the, not the financials, because of course you're involved in that, but just all mm-hmm. the stuff that's behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, so it just, it really helps. And it's, it's super important to have that person that kind of compliments you. Yes, when for when sure. you guys started, did you know that each of you three had those different skill sets and that's part of the reason you partnered? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Smart. Very cool. Yeah. Cause uh, like Dave said, when we started, we didn't necessarily know each other's strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. and it just happened naturally that we were basically just developed by playing beer gravitated college. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's very smart of you to do that and recognize that. Cause I think a lot of people, when they open up a gym, like you said, they, you know, pick their friend or somebody else that wants to open up a gym. And then you might realize that you're the exact same person. And that's a terrible partnership because then you're just going to be butting heads on everything. Whereas three specialists in different things can all lend to a nice mm-hmm. kind of fluid circle. So yeah. Uh, good and for, then good you can, you. there's so much that you can learn from each other too. Mm-hmm. Um, since, you know, yeah, since the, we've each got all of our different strengths and then weaknesses within kind of mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. yeah. It's like you end up, you know, not, not blending your roles, but you're able to just, you pick up a lot of really cool. Exactly. You're able to be like more self-sufficient in areas where previously like you didn't know shit about. So it just, (laughs) it helps a lot. Um, were there any challenges that kind of caught you by surprise when you were opening that you maybe thought like you weren't expecting or hurdles that kind of came out of nowhere? So yeah, going in, I think you know when you're opening a business that there's going to be things that come along that are unexpected. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of what makes it fun. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) We had some neighbors that, um, before we moved in that we warned that we were going to be really loud (laughs) (laughs) and uh it was in this little tiny shoe box of a gym and um and there was the same drywall no yeah um it was across the street and uh barbells would go through the wall (laughs) 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 we would patch them up and then 
the next day there would be holes all over the wall again. Um, and uh, they were a tutoring facility. They tutored students. Literally, like, could not be a worse <laughs> business. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. And then we're like, okay. And uh, and then they would, they were not happy with us. Yeah. And um, I tried baking them cookies. And <laughs> it didn't work. work. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Um, so that was one of our biggest challenges and the, the landlord there, he's like, I will let you out for free if you can just figure something out. Oh, so, really? Yeah. yeah. So we're like, okay. And, um, there's a very limited amount of space within yeah. Carlsbad uh-huh. that is zoned and yeah. everything and then getting through the city is pretty tough. So yeah, that's another thing not to get off on a tangent, but there's like people think looking for location there's areas that you can't even be in if yeah. it's not properly zoned. Yeah. yeah, and then to find a place where <laughs> is you can freely drop weights and yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, play music. It, that's, and, yeah. It's a big thing. Um, like, we're lucky this place is super well insulated. Um, we were kind of here, like, first. So whoever comes in, comes in with that mm-hmm. understanding. Um, but, yeah, like, little stuff like that matters a lot. Yeah. I think that stuff matters more than people think. Um, you know, we've had <clears throat> small issues with it. Um, there's a gym up in, uh, Manhattan beach that, uh, my older brother used to train at that they got into a lawsuit with neighbors over it. Yeah. Um, and it was a big battle. People, it got to the point where they were spraying people with hoses as they <laughs> ran by their house, these next door neighbors. Oh so, um, humans are the best. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's one of those things where you can look at it and you can say, Oh, I'm sure it'll be all right, but you really need to make sure yeah. that it's in a place and talk to the people around you and continue to maintain like positive relationships when that goes on and not just like you know f you and people Mm -hmm. complain but bake them cookies yeah (laughs) we need to try that with jeff (laughs) um were there any when you were looking for a spot were there any things that were just non-negotiable like you had to have x amount of square feet or high ceilings or parking or anything that was just i know i have to have this in order to be successful um I would say more than any of that, just making sure that we weren't going to cause disruption where we were. Yeah. So being able to be free with um, the kind of business that sure. we mm-hmm. wanted to run. And yeah, you know, you guys were tucked off a main strip. You were kind of in a more industrial area. Mm-hmm. How did how did you guys attract customers right off the bat? How did you start to grow your gym? <laughs> well, um Starting out when we were across the street, uh, we were starting from scratch. And I had been coaching at a bunch of different gyms, and we didn't want to, you know, like... Local gyms? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Well, one, I mean, fairly local. Like, it would have been a drive for anybody Mm -hmm. to to come to. But still, um, didn't want to cause any, uh, like issue with that like we were yeah yeah. we wanted to start fresh and create our own community and uh so So you had um, like a little a little bit of a following in the area a little bit yeah and people were like oh we're coming we're coming and we're like just hang on (laughs) (laughs) but um and so we actually did a groupon um which you know, you, you hear all sorts of things about don't do coupons. You know, literally our, what the, our last episode the was brand all about. and all of and everything. But it actually um, 
our core members that are still there today all came in from that. Started from the group on. <laughs> See. So. Yeah, that is like we just did a whole episode on this. Our last episode was about like discounting and should you do it, and not to get off on a whole discussion on discounting um, and take the attention away, but. You know, our opinion was that mostly it's bad, but if you're starting out, doing a discounted deal to get people in the door mm -hmm. is not only smart, but I think completely necessary because you have to get people off the fence to mm -hmm. try you. And when you're small, you're yeah. able to develop that relationship so that you, you convert those people into loyal members. So, yeah, just talk about that if you don't mind, like how that how that discount went and the people that stayed. Yeah, it was it, well, it went really well. Yeah. <laughs> um, Do you remember how many I mean, people you got from it? I mean, we still steadily grew. It it brought in a lot of people. Like all, like within the, uh, There were, I don't know, like, yeah. specific numbers. So I'm not going to throw anything out there. But yeah. um, <laughs> uh, it definitely, we had three classes when we started. Okay. Um, and it helped fill classes and help get people in the door actually, you know, trying it out. Mm -hmm. And, um and uh and then the cool part was is that you know um i was very it was very important to me that it was very uh like like a personal experience yeah you for weren't them. just like yeah out your space <laughs> and so when we were small and we were building it was so it it made it a lot easier for me to make that personal experience right. that much more special so i could really um give a lot of people a lot of my attention and you were coaching all those classes <laughs> so yeah um yeah I would make goodie bags with um More or cookies. gift bags with, <laughs> with cookies no <laughs> no cookies um but I would give everybody like a notebook and um nice and you know and then we would have like a little starter pack for them it wasn't well, anything was crazy but it's just something so that because we didn't have um like any online record your scores and, things like and that, stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it was, you know, here's your notebook and, um, and this is where you'll record all your stuff and uh, a little handwritten note and nice. that kind of thing. But, um, I feel like when, so people are coming in, um, and the Groupon was, was, you know, it's very low risk, for them and so makes it a little bit easier to come in through the door sure. and a lot of times you know just stepping in the door and especially with a crossfit people feel like they have to be in shape before I they start train yep. for a year yeah. before coming in and hear that <laughs> and all the time yeah so it can be really intimidating and so making sure that um everybody felt welcome and that you know when they came in they felt at home and not like just another you know dollar sign sure. or something um that they you know it was a place that they wanted to come back to and i think that's that's so important like obviously that worked well for you starting out but i think that's something that gym owners and people need to realize no matter where you are along the life cycle of your gym everybody is always going to be intimidated to come in mm -hmm. if they're a beginner like you could be so established and have 50 great google reviews that's not going to change the fact that if somebody's coming in as a beginner, they're going to be intimidated mm -hmm. as hell. Sometimes that might make it worse if you have this, you yeah. know. Yeah, if people in the previous class that are, like, dropping 400 right. pounds and this, <laughs> you know, woman that's coming in who's never done anything and they're just sitting there like, did I make the wrong decision? <laughs> right. mm -hmm. So 
Yeah, any you just have to create that environment. Yeah, I think the cool part is when, um, like with our members, what I what I would see um, with them is that, especially the ones that were more intim- intimidated in the beginning, um, that stuck around and and everything. Um, were the ones that when they saw those new people come in, Absolutely. you know, like walking in and five minutes left of class and people are dying and, <laughs> <laughs> um, and they would, you know, instantly go up and introduce themselves or, you know, give them some mm-hmm. sort of warm welcome to make sure that they felt how they felt when they first came. Yeah. It's like they take it upon themselves because they've been this through is that. Their, yeah, yeah. Their home, their, yeah. their gym home. I, yeah. Yeah. I love all that. Um, you talked about it last episode in order to make that discount effective, you need to be small enough to be able to provide that personal service. If you guys had, you know, 250, 300 members, and then you ran a Groupon deal, you'd have a lot of pissed off current members, <laughs> and you would not be able to provide that same experience to those people coming in. So um, that's very cool that it worked well, and you guys did it the way you did. It, it's clear that you guys did care about those people, and I think that goes so far. And um, it's like, you know, just to speak to that, you know, she, Nicole's talking about how she put together like handmade right. goodie bags for people. And I think that that is so rad. It's like you can't pretend like you care. Um, you have to actually care and you mm-hmm. have to actually want to see somebody like step in who's timid to be welcomed. You know, I think a lot of places we've talked about this a few times on the show is a lot of places I feel like it can sometimes be like a badge of honor to not make new people feel welcome and almost like this is hardcore, this is intense, like this is what we and do. it's exclusive. Yeah, yeah, so like get on board or get out type thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I've been in gyms where I've seen that as like I've dropped in at, at gyms and it's like it's not that people are mean, it's just they don't they don't care too much about really creating a welcoming environment. They think it's just going to be self-sustaining because, you know, we, we've been around for a few years and we don't need to put this effort in. But I just, I think it's so important. And I don't know, I'm willing to bet that that was something that drove you guys and drove your philosophy far past just like welcoming initial new members um, is like continuing that relationship and making all, all new people always feel welcome and always breaking down that intimidation barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever get any, like, did you ever have instances where people were just intimidated no matter what and, like, you couldn't couldn't get past that? It was just they had already envisioned that this was almost too much for them. Um, you know, how did you handle, I guess, what are some specific things that you did to, like, really go above and beyond to try and break down that intimidation factor? Um. I don't, well. More like coaching style or is it? I mean, there's a few, like, as far as someone that's intimidated to just pick up a barbell or someone intimidated in just stepping foot into a class. Yeah, I guess, like, they're trying the class out. They're just, you can tell they're going station to station, like, pretty timid. Like, what are some things that you do as a coach to break that down? I, well... Me personally, I like to make sure that, um, you know, everybody knows that everybody started somewhere Mm -hmm. and reminding even the people that, you know, 
further on down the road when we were had grown a little bit that you know everybody started somewhere and reminding them where they've started and and helping the newer people understand that everybody remembers where they started Mm -hmm. it's a big pet peeve of mine and something that I would always encourage our coaches to do um I if somebody were to walk in the door and you know and they're just standing there (laughs) like wandering around it's like you need to go say hello, like God, welcome them like in. So sorry, um, everything we've been talking <laughs> so about. But, <laughs> but not just go up and say hi, but actually like bring them in and introduce them. And, um, you know, they've instantly got 10 new friends that mm-hmm. are there that in so that they feel in the same boat. Right. They're, you know, no matter what level everybody's at, they're all there together. Yeah. Um, and, you know, making sure that no matter who you are, you're, you know, we're all, we're all on the same page yep. or that's the idea. <laughs> Did you ever have any issues? I'm just curious about it. Cause obviously like, you know, you had a name for yourself and, and a lot of people probably knew you coming in or, or maybe followed you on social media and things like that. Obviously you're, you know, f- physically you look strong and it looks like you've been at this for a long time. Did you ever have any issues connecting with people on like a relatability scale on like, you know, maybe, you know, coach Nicole's just at a level that like I'll never be at. So was that ever a problem for you or do you think you were just able to break that down by the welcoming environment? Um, I tried really hard to make sure that it's something you were kind of aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was definitely very conscious of it. Um, there was, I did have an instant one person that I, I did try really hard, um, mm-hmm. to make sure that she felt welcome and, and everything. Um, but I think no matter how hard you may try to, you know, like level the, to make sure that they understand that y'all are on the same team. Right. Um, no matter how much effort you may put in, there are just some people that are just not going to, um, and you can't, you can't win everybody over. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so you can only do so much. And that's something that I had to come to a realization. I of. think the important thing is just that like you were aware of that. I was just, I've, I've always been curious about that from like coaches that are, um, you know, I don't want to say like noticeably at a higher level than other people, but I mean, I guess that's kind of what it is at the end of the day. And I know our coaches that are in that position here really, really kind of go above and beyond to, to, to break themselves down and and create that that relatability. Um, It's just very important for coaches that perform at an extremely high level. I feel like to be able to not just connect with other people that perform Mm -hmm. at a high level, but you know, the majority, the majority of your gym are not the top performing Mm -hmm. athletes. It's the everyday people coming from their nine to five who are just there to feel better. Um, So if you're not connecting with those people, then your business is just never going to grow. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of places, um, maybe, maybe I don't think focus on enough. Is that middle of the road member? Um, Is that person that is there that needs the most help? That's going to help your gym grow the most. Mm -hmm. Um, So did you guys have any, like, were there, did you guys have any like type of 
principles that drove your coaching um, that like you said, I think that was so great to hear that like you made all your coaches go and say hi to new people when they came in. Like that's such an effective practice. Were there any other types of just principles in your coaching that you wanted to relay to other coaches that everybody should have ac across all members? Like any, any type of. As far as, uh, well, some things like help people put their equipment away. Okay. Um, you know, don't, don't, complain about the fact that somebody didn't put their equipment away like go actually start Physical helping help people <laughs> put their equipment away and they're gonna help other people put their equipment away and it's just gonna become second nature yeah. to you know people are like oh where'd my barbell go <laughs> so and so just put it away sweet thanks <laughs> and then you know and then they're like okay well i'm gonna go put someone else's yeah, and then stuff you get away and it's everybody's working together and um and so kind of like that uh feeling of just that we're all on the same team mm -hmm. and we're in it together so <laughs> yeah that's cool um as you guys continue to kind of grow um and you know obviously you got to a point where you weren't coaching every single class what was that like from your transition to everybody's used to showing up and seeing coach Nicole and now all of a sudden, like I've got this new coach and yeah. why isn't she coaching all the classes? That you was kind of transitioning. That was definitely tough. I, mm -hmm. looking back, I feel like, I mean, there's always stuff looking back that you're like, Oh man, I should have done this mm -hmm. and I should have done that. But you know, um, you're never going to know until you do it. Right. And so I, um, and I, I think just I'm not going to be able to duplicate myself as far as not wanting to let people down, but also having to do what we need to do mm -hmm. to continue to grow. If I continued to coach every single class, there's no way that we would have been able to, you know, I could have continued trying to keep up with everything. Right. Um, and then also trying to not get bummed out when people weren't super happy with the fact that I wasn't going to be coaching their class every right. day mm -hmm. or whatever. Not that, you know, I'm there are a thousand other m more amazing coaches than me. But of when course. they're used to having someone there right. and, you know, and that's. And they like the, you know, they like the fact that they know the owner and that there's that relationship. There's that small business feel. Um so, you know, obviously everybody has to step away at one point, you know, we, we did an episode where we talked about how like, ultimately it's not about you as the owner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you, when you keep yourself in the position where you make it, so you have to interact with everybody all the yeah. time and you don't delegate that, then it's, it, it puts limits. you in an extremely hindered position to grow. Um, and also give other people the opportunity to come in and do a good job as well. Yeah. So you said you know, something that was interesting that, you know, I think we can relate to is that you can't replicate yourself. But as you brought in other coaches in to continue to kind of carry on what you had spent a lot of time building, what were some qualities that you looked for? You know, what were some ways that you did try to replicate yourself? Like what were some actual aspects that you had to see carry over to other coaches for Dynamis to continue to be successful? Um, warm and friendly. <laughs> um, but also, um, an eye for detail and mm -hmm. making sure that form and technique safety staying number one, that was probably like the biggest thing mm -hmm. is not just having a great personality, although that is huge, but 
um, being someone that people look forward to coming and seeing every day. Mm -hmm. Um, not that someone who they're going to be dreading to go, um, take class from, but someone, yeah, someone that's fun, but also has, um, a solid knowledge base of movement, really, really good at, um, connecting with, you know, people from all different walks of life and then keeping standards high. Yeah. It's like you, those are two things that are both completely needed. Like you have to, you know, we talk about all the time. It's like, it goes without saying you have to be knowledgeable and you have to have, you know, that eye for a technique and you have to be a stickler for it. Um, but also like the personality aspect, that's a big thing. They have to believe in, in not just, you know, for your, for your guys, gym, not just, not just CrossFit, but like what Dynamis was doing, you know, you know, you did things I'm sure very differently than another gym down the road. So believing in your culture as well. And did you find that to be a challenge where, you know, if you get somebody who maybe has like a level one certification, you know, getting them to adopt to your specific culture? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, if I did, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, uh, I think the coolest part about bringing in other coaches and when we started to build our team and coaches is that, um, you know, no matter how amazing you may be as a coach, there's always going to be like, there's so many other amazing coaches out there and people that have different eyes and they learn different, they coach differently, um, as far as their, you know, maybe their coaching cues or this or that, or stuff that like you can all learn from each other and continue to grow together. As a staff. To be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, uh, I think that was probably the coolest part about when we started to bring on actual coaches and when I started to step back from coaching every single class, um, definitely learned some, uh, you know, um, it's like your continuing education as a coach increased because you're bringing in other people yes. who know about areas yeah. that you don't quite exactly. as much. Yeah. We yeah. went through the exact same thing with that. So did you make it a point when you were hiring people like looking for areas, like maybe they were specifically a little more knowledgeable on, or did you just kind of discover that once they were there? Um, like looking for a certain, um, like maybe this person is really good in rowing or, or something like that, or, or I Olympic actually lifts didn't or. ever, I was never looking for any coaches. They would come in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I think like, you know, I mean, there are so many people out there that love to coach and, oh, well, and that was the other thing <laughs> they've got to have, they got to be passionate about right. what they're doing <laughs> more than anything else. Right. I mean, we've um, talked about this before. The knowledge can be taught the passion, the personality that is ingrained in you as a person. So that kind of, like you said, that's one thing that we looked for right away is personality first. And then, you know, obviously they need that base level of knowledge, but you can teach them stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, l- I love that that point of view from you as well. Yeah. Um, and did you find that when you stepped away and you were able to kind of learn from coaches mm-hmm. that you had that then your ability to run the fitness side improved because yes. you were able to be like somewhat of a student again as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I would are, say are so for yeah. the same thing as like being a part of the CrossFit gymnastics staff as yeah. well. Um, 
I've learned so much from all of those coaches mm -hmm. and it's kind of cool because you kind of pick up stuff from from each other and then you'll like you know someone will pick up something from you and then you're you'll pick up something from them and it, it's kind of cool because you all just continue to grow mm -hmm. but it's your you know we're all yeah we're all coaches um but we're all uh I guess we've all got our different gifts to give within that. And so um, different approaches or how we, um, I don't know. It's just kind of cool. Yeah, and I, th <laughs> I think that's a very underrated part of an owner-coach stepping away is the people that you bring in are often going to teach you a lot. So it is such an opportunity for continuing education because all of a sudden it's just all not coming from you and what you know, but now other voices, yeah. which can be scary for people at first, like members and, oh, like I didn't, you know, Coach Nicole said something else, but, you know, everybody kind of pulling into that knowledge to increase everybody else's knowledge. And I think when they know that you are, um, that you highly respect the people that you've brought in and show them that you're that you want to learn what they have to say the other members are going to be more inclined to being open yeah. to learning what they have to say as well yeah, and not as shut off to right. that when you yeah that's a good point like the public the public presentation of that you know you, you are taking them seriously so that other people should as well and it's like leading by example like we'll still you know we still take all the regular classes with members here and like we're in classes with all different coaches and like learning from them and having them come over and teach, you know, correct us in a movement. And, you know, by us listening to it, it that sends a very clear message that, you know, this, this person is legit. Take mm -hmm. them seriously. Um, what point, like, do you remember ever reaching a certain point where you, where you were aware that you needed, you couldn't just do everything all the time with the classes that you needed <laughs> help. Was there, Yes. Was there a membership <laughs> number tied to that? Was it more just an intangible feel? What kind of drove I just you into felt, that? yeah, there was definitely a, a moment when it was, I guess it was a good problem to have, but uh, just growing pains. But I had taken on, I was doing too much um, and feeling like, oh my gosh. If we continue to grow, <laughs> I have no idea how I'm going to keep this up. And um, and so trying to, you know, stay on top of, because, oh, my gosh, I would personally text message every single person that would come in, whether it was a drop-in or people coming in for elements classes. And if they were graduating and making sure that I was, like, Love connecting with yeah. every single person that stepped through the door. And it just got to a point where I was completely, I'm like, there's no way I can continue <laughs> <But that's>, this. <laughs> I think that's important for listeners is like, I, that's why your gym grew. I'm positive. Like with ever Absolutely. having even been in there is if you're doing that, like you're taking those extreme measures of personalization and showing people that just like you give a shit. Like I, I, it's so important. I think so many people get caught up in like, all I have to do is put good workouts on the board. And, you know, it's just, it's so much more than that. And all those little things, like the fact that you were making goodie bags and you're sending personal text messages, like that is, that's the hustle that I think is needed to grow a gym, to be successful and to have that kind of successful community that you were able to 
to turn it into. So I think all that is a product of why you ultimately became so busy. <laughs> sounds like. How many classes were you coaching before you realized that you needed to bring on other people? Like how many classes a day? Um, well, I was there from um, like our well, when we first started out, we had a six a.m., a noon, and a six p.m. And mm -hmm. then we ended up um, adding a f uh, five thirty. We did a five thirty and a six thirty p.m. And then we ha kept our noon and we had our six a.m. And then we eventually moved um, it to five thirty in the morning. Um, and so I would be there most days from like before six and then eventually mm -hmm. it was, uh, you know, like before five thirty in the morning and then all the way until like eight o'clock at yeah, night. Like yep. 15 and hour days. Yeah. Do you drink coffee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <A lot. laughs> um, I do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, I had a, for a while I would have my sleeping bag and I would like, <laughs> God, I love that shit. It's like, and then, you know, being afraid that if you leave and somebody stops by that yeah. you're going to miss them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're like, Oh man. I really like your obsessive, but your obsessive, uh, personality over that aspect of the gym. It's just so important that, that, that people have that, like they, they, they care, like for lack of a better term. Um, and that, that has to come from the owner and it has to has to come from the owner and then trickle down and it's just that type of attention to detail I, I think spreads um, if somebody truly believes in it kind of from the top down uh, so that's awesome to hear um, as you kind of you know as you kind of transitioned your role and went more and more into you know oversight and and, and I guess running things for lack of a better term um, what were some of the behind the scenes challenges that you kind of went through maybe one that jumps out or consistent things that you had to deal with that you know maybe your membership has no idea about that you have mm -hmm. to kind of manage and also you know not let it be a distraction or anything like that yeah um well one I was in a relationship with uh my business partner um and so that Same. was definitely <laughs> 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 um so that was that was a an added that was definitely a challenge for sure that um you know as far as being professional within the gym and making sure that we didn't bring in anything from the outside or mm -hmm. anything that was going on within our relationship, um, you know, me wanting to keep the gym that warm, safe place. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not um, creating any unnecessary drama. <laughs> um <laughs> That was a, you know, that was a, a, um, definitely something that people, members would have never, you know, something that definitely. Just was, they never noticed? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that we would, yeah. Be able to handle it. challenge. I mean, I can relate to that, not from a relationship perspective, but just as you, you know, when you're in the gym and all you're doing is coaching you're usually just focused on positive things because you're mm -hmm. there coaching and that's one of the more fun, like yes. innocent, positive things you can do. Yeah. And when you step away from that, you, you know, you're into kind of like the underbelly of mm -hmm. the business and you deal with a lot more than just that. Yes. So, you know, there's one of my personal biggest challenges still to this day is like not wearing like my day on my sleeve. Mm -hmm. And I can relate to the relationship aspect 
only in the sense that, you know, when you come into the gym, you have to put all that other shit aside and be not concerned about any of that. So, you know, you could have a terrible interaction with a member that just is like eating at you the whole time. But if you come into the gym, you have to be able to turn that off. Yes. Challenge for me. But I think like you doing that with a relationship is probably like an extreme version of that for sure. You know, no matter what's going on outside, um, I went to a gym when I was growing up that had um, over the door frame that was like, leave it here, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, kind of like, you know, you step in here, you're here. Um, whatever's going on out there is out there when you're here. The, you know, it's kind of like um, just being present, um, but also remembering that, you know, these people are, are coming to you for a lot bigger things than just fitness. Mm-hmm. You never want to be um, draining. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be the negative energy <laughs> exactly. in the gym. Exactly. For yeah. sure. Yeah. So th- was there anything that you did on days where, you know, maybe you weren't having great days that, you know, it, it, anything that you would do that was able to kind of like be your methodology of like getting into that positive state of mind before coming in? Or is it something that you could just naturally do? Uh, training. Yeah. Just making sure that I'm, I was, just staying consistent with my training mm-hmm. um and and you know that kind of stuff but um I love coaching so mm-hmm. the minute I'm in there it's really fun yeah <laughs> I mean that, that so. shows the importance of the community and the culture that you build in there I know we had a coach that had a long day and his outside job and just came in and was you know not feeling great and he said the moment he stepped through the door it was like everything's okay mm-hmm. and that community that was there uh kind of brought that on him and yeah Yeah. and so you probably have a lot of people that are like that that if you build that community that you know has that vibe then all these people that may be struggling with things outside of the Mm -hmm. gym you come in and all of that it kind of gets better yeah um and i i've been there too myself many times is there anything that you would give as far as advice wise for people that are in that position where they're at that point there's a certain level of membership where they can't do it all and they need to transition mm-hmm. into that role on just how to do it, ways to smooth that transition <laughs> with your membership. Yeah, you mentioned there was a couple of things that had you gone back and done it again, you would have yeah. changed. Um, I, uh, well, so I was, I was definitely very grateful that I had two other partners. David definitely stepped in and helped take off a lot of load off of my plate, mm-hmm. um, which was awesome. Um he actually got a little bit more hands-on with the gym itself and um, just being in the gym a few times a week and stuff, which helped switching over the the member management system that we had um, actually was, well, what did you, it got what, better, but it, <laughs> switching over was, oh What was gosh. the switch from what to what? We went from Wadhopper to Wadify. Okay. Uh, Wadhopper was awesome. Um, it was all run off of an iPad. And, uh, but, uh, it was very simple, but it allowed me to, like, I could really see, but it, it to a point it was, um, when we started growing, we kind of needed to be able to offer our members a little bit more than, than what we had. And then, yeah, when we switched to Wattify, um, it allowed people to be able to log their stuff and, and keep, you know, we would be able to post the programming online and in the system and they could all go in there and post their, their workouts. You can give people thumbs up. And, (laughs) um, as far as like the back end, it helped a lot just with managing, um, 
memberships and all of that. Was there a struggle making the actual switch? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a challenge for sure. Yeah. I don't think I slept for like a week. (laughs) 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 And then, um, David, David came in right around that time and helped, uh, finalize the switch. Um, which was, was great. But, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty brutal. (laughs) 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 Um, yeah. But was it ultimately productive for your business? Was it a good switch? Yeah, it was okay. a good switch for and sure. Yeah, it was definitely ne- needed. Like we needed to switch over to something yeah. else. But um, so it's like transitioning from that coaching so much to give you at least the time to oversee it or play a big part of it. Ultimately, improve your business, which is something you probably wouldn't have been able to do if you were just coaching all the time. And you know that probably would have gotten neglected. And it's just little areas like that that maybe don't seem like a big deal they just add up to a better business yeah so it's the bigger the system the more complex it gets and the more you have to learn it mm-hmm. um so and the more time you have to have to put into actually learning the system so that was like um i was able to then be able to s- send emails out and text messages simultaneously however i always felt really uh like I can't send personal, like it's kind of, yeah. you feel like, uh, like you're almost losing your baby yeah. in a yeah. way. Like you can't, um, but you can't, you can't do, right. you know, if you want to continue to be able to, to Sacrifices grow you got to make yeah. with that. So that was definitely hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's clear, obviously the, the, the personalization to what you did was a big, big part of it, like your own personal touch on things seemed to be a big part of how you grew the gym and, you know, principles that guided it and things like that. So, um, yeah, I can imagine that being pretty tough to give up once it's automated. Unfortunate realities of getting busier, I suppose. Yeah. Um, well, what are some, you know, I guess just along the, the growth curve to kind of wrap things up, what would be your, you know, biggest pieces of advice to somebody to start who is opening a gym? Just be patient and make sure you're all the way in it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You got to dive in head first. Like you just got to go. You can't. um, And you can't ever think that it's not going to be successful. You have to know that. I mean, you can't even like wonder. Right. You just got to know. I think when you start to doubt yourself, you start to change things quickly. And that's when kind of that lack of organization starts to take its toll. Yeah. And not, um, you know, you like, like y'all have got your own thing going here, you know, and there's so many gyms everywhere else. And it's all about, it's, it doesn't matter what so-and-so is doing down, you know, two miles away or this, you know, it's, um, people are going to, the people that, um, are supposed to be part of your community are going to love that to, you know, end up there and if they're not meant to be there they're not meant to be there but um it's um you've got something to offer and that so-and-so doesn't have down the street doesn't mean that you're better than them or anything like that it's just um it's kind of like the episode we talked about with like finding your why yeah you know why why did you open it and really tapping into that and just being confident with that being able to do your own thing. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. And one thing that, you know, 
he and I have maybe been to our like, you know, competitions website, like under, under five times in five years. Mm -hmm. And it's like, who cares? You know, they're doing their thing. We're doing our thing. And Mm -hmm. when you get caught up in what everybody else is doing, it speaks to that, you know, you have to be all in, like you said, you have to be all in on what you're doing. Yeah. And uh and not to say, not to take away from, like, you can still learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Like, there's still stuff that you can learn from each other. But um, it's, you know, it's, if you, yeah, if it's not, um, it doesn't have, your success isn't going to matter. It doesn't have anything to do with anybody else but you. Mm-hmm. I, I personally think that the community and the market and your members can see that too. Um, if a gym is constantly changing and constantly making like major overhauls, I think that that's felt. And I think it presents an instability in the culture and the community that people can tangibly feel mm-hmm. and they start to maybe doubt it um, as opposed to a place that's just very confidently are who they are and doesn't really care what anyone else is doing. And is just focused on the people in the mm-hmm. doors. Um, and I think, yeah, we, th- I thought we did a good job of that, but you made goodie bags. For people <laughs> <and> <laughs> I did not do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's awesome. And what would be your advice kind of in that second step to people who are in that position where they've opened and they're successful and maybe they're at the two year mark and they now have to get to the point where they have to delegate and step away and mm-hmm. not coach as much and kind of take on a new role. Um, you have to be willing to trust people with your baby (laughs) (laughs) and um and being patient with them because nobody's gonna do it how you exactly you know would have been doing it and so you've got to be able to be okay with that um and making sure that whoever is stepping in or the tasks are getting delegated out to whoever it is that they do have a sense of pride about the place that they're in. And so just because you want it done a certain way doesn't mean that they're going to do it a certain way. They've got to, they've got to, you know, have that, that pride about what they're doing and actually believe in the place that they're in to do that job well. And so what are you doing now with all your gymnastics certification, excuse me, seminars? I see (laughs) those are taken off for you. You go into other gyms, talk a little bit about kind of what you're doing and yeah, so um, while I'm doing a, a little bit of, uh, it, this has been a goal of mine for a long time, and um, I, uh, you know, I am doing remote online training, programming, uh, one-on-one um, private coaching with, you know, from in-home um, to uh, gymnastics mm-hmm. and everything in between, and then um doing gymnastics clinics and uh, seminars and yeah Um, and speaking to that our gym we just had Nicole in to train our whole staff um, in kind of a crash course on a lot of gymnastics stuff it was awesome yeah it was very Um, cool so if local gyms for sure if you guys are looking to do that I would highly recommend it Um, NicoleZapoli.com that's correct right Mm-hmm. Um, has all that info on there. Do you do anything for if there were any gyms around the country that would want remote coaching mm-hmm. um, on gymnastics or anything like for the staff? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, awesome. So check that out. Uh, Nicole's great with that stuff. 
Um, I don't know. Anything else, guys? Anything else that you want to add, Nicole? No. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Of course. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of the t takeaway points from this whole episode is if you're out there starting a gym or looking to hire people, find people like Nicole that are willing to put in that passion and that extra yeah. effort because that goes so far. Um, you know, obviously your knowledge and your skill base is at the high end too, but just personality wise and what you bring to the table and how you treat customers is like, you know, the number one most important thing. And you can see that right away. So yeah, I agree. I also awesome. thought it was really cool that, you know, I, I know that Nicole obviously has a massive amount of certifications and knowledge, but she still is always clearly in a position where she learns and learns from the staff. Yeah. Um, and I think that's awesome. Um, that's something that is definitely inspiring. Like for me as a fellow gym owner, um, to be able to continue that mentality and, and learn from people as well. I think that's, that's really important. Um, and I agree with you, like just the little things, like I think every gym has their own like definition of like little things. Yeah. Like for her, um, like the bags that just like uh, impresses me so much, <laughs> uh, the bags and sending personal texts and yeah. things like that. I think everybody has their own ways that can fit their personality style and that can fit the time in their day, but ways to kind of go above and beyond that I'm sure the gym next to you isn't doing. Right. And ultimately that's going to help you tremendously in letting people know that you really do care about them. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I just have to know this. Is there ever a time when like, somebody took a text message from you the wrong way. I, I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I could just see that. Like if you're texting every member and there's a guy that's like, Oh, Nicole just texted me about my workout. That never w resulted in anything. Well, I tried to make it like Nicole from Dynamis. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> never any like the, awkward Thank you for dropping requests. into Dynamis. Like a very like, <laughs> yeah, this this is professional yeah. from the gym. Hey, yeah. want to go grab dinner? Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you said that, that was like one of the first things I thought oh, of. Man. Like, man, there had to be somebody I who hope, just I took that not. the wrong <laughs> way. <laughs> well, good. Oh, well, God. thank you very much for coming on, Nicole. Yeah, really thanks, appreciate Nicole. it. Thank you. Um, and guys, go to her website for sure to learn more about her remote coaching, especially the gymnastics stuff, um, which really helped us at Performance 360. Yep. So, um, as always, go online, review it, rate us. Please share it with people and uh, let us know what you think. Thanks, guys.